Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is Joe Biden an agent of the Russian government? Is he a puppet of Putin? Well, we're going to tell you what Biden did that will make Putin and Russia untold billions of dollars. And are we inching closer to finding out that the Chinese government actually created COVID-19 in a lab as a biological weapon to unleash upon the world? Well, yes, we are actually. And that's the way it is starting to look. We'll tell you about it. And we have a good guy with a gun segment for you tonight, except it's actually a woman who pulled the trigger in self-defense. And a bad guy has been eliminated. The mainstream media won't tell you about it, but we will, right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Biden's America isn't turning out to be the utopia that we were told it would be if we could just get Donald Trump off of Twitter and out of the White House. Well, the left got their way, but guess what? Gas stations along the East Coast are finally getting fuel after Russian hackers took the pipeline offline until they received a ransom payment. Inflation affecting the housing market and latest numbers were dismal compared to what the experts thought we would see. The jobs numbers were also a disaster as Biden somehow derailed job growth to the surprise of all the expert economists who never expected the last jobs report to show rising unemployment. Middle East, it's on fire, although there is a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas right now, but the left's anti-Semitic fervor caught hold, and now we are seeing a tragic rise in Jewish Americans being attacked in the streets. But don't worry, Joe Biden is coming to the rescue. He kept quiet for a few days, but his handlers thought he'd better come out and say something, so now Joe Biden says the violence needs to stop. That's profound, Joe. Thanks. Uh, one thing we know for sure, though, the anti-Semitic hatred is not coming from conservatives. On Friday's show, I wondered aloud why it is the left hates Israel so badly. I came up with a lot of reasons why they should not hate Israel. For one thing, Israel is a democracy, and the left claims that they love democracy. Also, Israel, as we know it now, has established after the Holocaust because Hitler and the Nazis were defeated. And since the left says they hate Nazis and Hitler, then you'd think they'd be naturally pro-Israel, right? Yeah, no. Israel is also the most tolerant of all Middle Eastern nations, and the left loves tolerance, right? Well, that's what their bumper stickers say they like anyway. Now, there's a meme that was circling over the weekend. It shows a picture of queers for Palestine protest, and the picture below shows what Palestinians would do to those people if they showed up in Gaza or anywhere else in the Middle East outside of Israel, they would be executed. And we've been saying this for a long time. Again, the left's hatred for Israel makes absolutely no sense. It's irrational and it's ignorant. Now, over at ABC this weekend, Rahm Emanuel had a theory as to why the left despises Israel. He says it's Prime Minister Netanyahu's fault. Watch this. One, I think, inside the Democratic Party is a generational divide. Yeah. Uh, where uh, and the younger generation has only known one prime minister in Israel, a person who insulted Vice President Biden when he came to visit, 
on a settlement start, insulted President Obama by not checking with him about a speech to the Congress, and then it's fully embraced Trump. He made Israel a partisan issue. Benjamin Netanyahu's son, uh, Nair Netanyahu, shared a video on Twitter that went viral over the weekend. He reminded Americans, how must the Palestinians hate America? After the 9-11 attacks, Palestinian Arabs danced in the streets and even the leftist media outlets were disgusted by it. But the left has no memory and they have no moral compass. Right now, since the left supports Israel, they must hate it. And that's pretty disgusting. And it's causing anti-Semitic violence in our streets. Coming up, why did Joe Biden do so much to help Vladimir Putin? And John Solomon of Just the News, our guru over there, is up next with that report. So you're going to want to stick around. Some very interesting things I've heard nowhere else in television news. And I watch a lot of news. Kind of a junkie. You're going to want to stay tuned for John Solomon. Coming up on Dr. Gina Primetime, stay with us. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And welcome back. Now, after the inauguration, Joe Biden ran, or more like shuffled probably as fast as he could into the Oval Office to sign an executive order halting the construction of the Keystone XL pipeline. And I'm sure Americans drew a collective sigh of relief over that. Now, over in Russia, Vladimir Putin also is building a pipeline called the Nord Stream 2, connecting Russia and Germany. But the U.S. had placed sanctions on the company that was building that pipeline, so construction had essentially come to a stop. But now the Biden administration has done something very puzzling. These sanctions have now been lifted. And it's safe to say that soon Russia will be selling natural gas to Germany. And Putin and his buddies will be making billions from this deal. So why you have to ask yourself this absolutely screams the question, why would Biden allow this since we were told for the past four years that Russia and Putin are the biggest threat to America? And now certainly all of media is screaming what a puppet of Russia Joe Biden is, right? Oh, whoops, no. Well, maybe my next guest can answer all of these confounding questions for us. He is the founder of Just the News, John Solomon. John, happy Monday to you. Great to see you. You too. John, I, I thought the biggest foreign threat, according to the Democrats, Russia, Russia, Russia. It's all we heard. It's probably, you know, it's... It, 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 with the exception of is, and, a, the, and all those other little conjunctive words, probably the word Russia, you wrote more into your computer. I wouldn't be surprised if those uh, five <laughs> letters involved in that word are rubbed off yeah. on your laptop. Um, and right. all, uh, Yeah, and it was all we were supposed to worry about, John, is That's just right. Russia. They were the only enemy we had. We heard about Russia collusion. Um, we heard about Russia disinformation all for the past four years. And now, finally, we have a U.S. president that isn't colluding with the Russians, supposedly. 
only he's actively helping Russia to build pipelines while he's shutting ours down. John, where is the news media, aside from just the news, oh, where's no. the news media on this they, one? They're right where they've always been, which is in the back pocket of the Democratic Party. Remember, this is really kind of a re uh, return to the past for Joe Biden, because in the early Obama-Biden years, with Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State, Joe Biden as Vice President, they gave the farm away to Vladimir Putin, convinced that if we just cozied up with him, he'd, uh, he'd take good care of America. And he waited, he got all these great gifts. Yeah, he threw some money at Bill Clinton, a $500,000 speech fee here, some donations to the Clinton Foundation. And then when he got everything he wanted, he invaded Ukraine. We have to remember the Ukraine invasion was a direct result of the failed Obama-Biden-Clinton policies. Then they go four years blaming Donald Trump for collusion he didn't engage in. They come back into power and they give the biggest possible gift they could give to Vladimir Putin and the worst possible gift you could give to Eastern Europe. Because now Eastern Europe is going to be at the political, geopolitical will of uh, uh, Vladimir Putin because they're going to be dependent on this gas coming through the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Meanwhile, the workers in America lost their jobs. Americans lost energy security. Gas prices went up because he canceled our pipeline, the Keystone Pipeline here in America. I don't know how he reconciles this, but I will say the media has been covering this story for 12 years, and every time the Democrats collude with Russia, they ignore it, and then they make up stories about Republicans colluding with Russia. It's crazy. It, it's really, it's really insane, John, and I can't believe this isn't the top news I'm hearing, at least yeah. on the more conservative-leaning networks, and I'm not even hearing it. I'm not even hearing it there. So these no. sanctions, I want to understand this, um, that were placed on the U.S. that are now dropped. Specifically, what were they? What did the U.S. do to stop this pipeline from being completed until Biden just now reversed this specifically? Well, they imposed sanctions saying that they had violated international norms and therefore couldn't continue to build this. And then Anthony Blinken last week, the Secretary of State for Joe Biden, his longtime national security policy advisor, even when he was in the White House during the Obama years, waived the sanctions. Basically said, all right, Russia, you were bad people, but we're giving you a pass. You're getting another hall pass. Joe, you know, Donald Trump didn't give any hall passes to Russia. He was probably tougher on Russia than any other American president in recent history, but he got accused of colluding Joe Biden gives this incredible gift to the, the Russians, and you would barely hear a, a, a wink of it anywhere, not even, you know, in, in a lot of the mainstream uh, or, or even conservative press, not, not many people are focusing on just how mm -mm. hypocritical and jaw-dropping a decision this is. No, no, and, and it takes you back to the hot mic moment, wait until after the oh, yeah. uh, election. You know, I mean, it takes you back to all of these things yep. that, that you and I know, and it's as if the media just sweeps it completely under the rug. John, it's interesting to look at the German angle, from my perspective anyway, too. Absolutely. Because, because some of this... Some of these dynamics have been changing a little bit over the years. Yeah. Chancellor, Chancellor Merkel, for one, touting her green energy revolution in Germany over the past few years. Germany doesn't explore for more energy really anymore. They subsidize renewable energy with government money. Right. They hold fancy green energy summits where world they leaders do. fly in on many private jets <laughs> and then they let <laughs> Putin our own climate. send them yeah, our own climate chief. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Then they let Putin send them fuel because Germany can't survive yeah. solely on so-called these renewable sources of energy. So John, the the hypocrisy here isn't just from Biden, it's Merkel and it's the German government. Um, and there's a lot going on here internationally with the wink and a nod yes. 
And it reminds me very much, John, honestly, on a, on a macro scale of what's happening on a micro scale at the white glove cocktail parties in the Beltway. The, this international thing going on is really going on, isn't it? It, it is. And, you know, the, the fact that Angela, Angela Merkel had to lobby for this pipeline is a direct affirmation that her clean energy policies have failed. She needs Russian gas to keep her country run, running. Now, over the last few years, America was trying to get liquid natural gas to Europe and try to take away Putin's great uh, advantage that he had in Eastern Europe, particularly. Uh, and, and President Trump succeeded at getting that going. He made America energy dependent. And in two swipes of a pen, Joe Biden injures America's energy independence, and he makes Eastern Europe more dependent on Russian fuel. You just have to scratch your head. And if you're one of these climate change believers that are on the left, where are they? They should be outraged. They were cheering the <laughs> shutdown of the Trans-Canada Pipeline. They're crickets when it comes to allowing a big, giant, dirty Russian pipeline to come into Eastern Europe. Uh, the hypocrisy could not be more on display than with this decision. It's unbelievable. And it makes them all hypocrites, John, because why aren't, why aren't the, the real dedicated, like you're saying, you know, climate change folks, right. they should be out there screaming about this. Uh, John, there's another interesting little tidbit here. That is the former German Chancellor Gerhard Schrader, who preceded Merkel, he's on the board of the Nord Stream 2 Russia Pipeline sure project. Is. So, so... Yeah. He stands to make a lot of money, and whenever you yeah. have questions, you can always just chase the money, which is what you spend a lot of your time doing, John. And that's why you break all these stories, along with a bunch, by the way, of, oh, go guess it, Russian oligarchs. None of us are shocked here, John, because this is the way these things always play out. But uh, yep. strange, or not so strange, I guess you could say, bedfellows here, and all of a sudden the money starts to add up, doesn't it, John? It does. Listen, the only green energy movement in the Democratic Party right now is the green money going into the back pockets of all of these Democrats and supposed clean energy advocates. They're cashing in on all of these decisions. We saw this going all the way back to the beginning of the Obama administration with the Solyndra project. And in, in front of our eyes, there is an entire green economy of Democrats getting rich off of these green energy things. And the only people paying for it are those of us filling our gas tank at 3, 325, 350 a gallon now in some places. And of course, the people of Eastern Europe and of Western Europe now are going to be paying for this because Vladimir Putin now has more leverage over Europe than he had two weeks ago before Joe Biden waived these sanctions. It's bad for security. It's bad for our pocketbook. It's very good for the liberal elites pocketbooks who have played this game on the American people for over a decade now. And I think we have to really keep in mind you know, while, while this sounds like just a lot of money to a lot of big people who have a lot of money, I'm hearing things from my kids' friends and from recent college, college graduates and from producers and from people like that who are saying, you know, I used to be able to afford to run and grab that story. I can't really afford to do that anymore because gas prices yeah. have really affected me. And, and that is really hitting your, your average middle class, especially young people, but a lot of other people too. I want to bring this story, John, if I can, back around to the U.S. John, we have some energy sure. issues here also and opening up some pipeline projects here would be very helpful for our energy needs and for our job situation um, and for those who are struggling here in the U.S., wouldn't it? 
it's amazing. You know, the day that Donald Trump turned the keys over to the White House to Joe Biden, we were energy independent. We had been energy dependent for decades. We became energy independent during the Trump years. And in the first day, Joe Biden began uh, uh, deconstructing that energy independence, making us again rely on Middle East oil, on, uh, on uh, gas and exports. When we had all of that energy here, we had all those jobs here, 10,000 people lost their job the day the Trans-Canada Pipeline got shot down. But we're glad to let Vladimir Putin have all the advantages of natural gas oil in, in his sphere of the world. If you're an American sitting at home, you have to be scratching your head saying, what team is Team Biden on? Are they on the Russian team or are they on my team? Because they seem to be hurting my pocketbook. They seem to be hurting Europe's security, but they seem to be helping Vladimir Putin's back, uh, his wallet and his whole geopolitical strategy. It's a remarkable turnabout, and we just need to keep informing the American people that every one of us understands what Joe Biden has done here. Well, we can't get enough of just the news, I'll tell you that much. John oh, Solomon, you. you're a lifesaver on these issues, and I think it makes the rest of us feel like what we're witnessing, um, we're not going crazy, that this really is happening before our very eyes, even if nobody it else is. reports it. John, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. All right, Tony Fauci turns some heads again with his latest comments on the origin of the coronavirus. Fauci spent the past year or more saying that there was absolutely no way that COVID-19 came from a Chinese lab. Remember? Well, of course, that's very odd that a so-called scientist would be so adamant that he knows the origins of a virus and also odd that the science was already settled so early on this pandemic when so little we knew about it. But we are preached to every single day about how so-called science works, right? The experts on television know more than our common sense could ever tell us, right? You make a hypothesis, you gather data, you analyze it, sometimes years of testing happens, observation is required, then you come to a conclusion based on data. At least that's how science used to work back in the day when I was in school seeking my PhD, or there is the way that science works now. First, you have Anthony Fauci make a statement on mainstream media. Then, media sycophants praises every single word. And that is how science works today. Here with me now to discuss, Dr. Tom Borelli. Dr. Borelli, great to have you. Thanks for being with us. Oh, so great to be back with you, Dr. Gina. Now, when you got your microbiological PhD, uh, did you use the scientific, scientific method, the new, the new method, of watching what Dr. Fauci says and then declaring it true? Because it seems to me like if that's the way data were tested when we were gathered and tested when we were in school, things would have been so much easier. Uh, you know that 10 or so oh, yeah. years you and I spent gathering master's <laughs> degrees and PhDs and things, it would have gone right. much more quickly, like the five minute rule would have been, would have sufficed. Yeah, absolutely, Dr. G. How, how easy would it have been to say, you come up with a conclusion and then you backfill the data to fit that conclusion, <laughs> game over, and to your point, would have saved us 10 years uh, and the ten, best 10 years of my life, I'm not sure what, what age when you were going to school, but I did that my 20s, you know, uh, almost to 30. So, yeah, it, it cost a lot of time, but it was worth it because, as you know, a Ph.D., among anything else, teaches you how to think, 
how to think and analyze and question, not to follow. And that's been my problem, kind of, for the rest of my life. Because I've always been challenging people and asking questions rather than just following the mob. It really, it really makes you wonder, doesn't it, when they've got those those uh, young, immutable heads of mush, as Rush liked to call them, uh, in the university setting now, and they're trying to teach them, you know, the the things like you know the, the definitions of a hypothesis and and a theory and and data and analysis and all the things that you and I learned and and what order they come in and how you test all of this and and then and then you've got these kids sitting there looking at Fauci science, going well. Basically, Fauci just has to say it, and then the news media fills in all the blanks and makes excuses for it, and the politicians make laws based on it, and voila, there you have science. I may be ascending, Tom, but I don't think we will ever know exactly where COVID came from. At least we, we may have our instincts about it, but I don't think we will ever um, have China work with us to find out the actual facts. They have no interest in helping anyone but themselves. This is China, after all. They aren't going to admit guilt, Tom, I don't think readily. So should we ever expect answers, and especially under this Biden-Harris regime, um, who is compromised in every way, shape, and form? I mean, we know that Joe Biden's family has made money um, off of this uh, Ch Chinese government. So why would we think that they would in any way be afraid of a Biden-Harris administration? Well, certainly China is not afraid of the Biden-Harris administration or the Harris-Biden administration, depending on what day it is. But yeah. you're absolutely right. China is not going to be giving us the data that we would know to conclusively prove uh, the coronavirus came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We would need access to their lab data. We would need access to those blood samples of the of the individuals who apparently got COVID in, in that lab. I mean, that's the operating theory of today that's in the news because COVID uh, workers in the Wuhan lab were the first struck with a mysterious virus. So we need to analyze those blood samples. But China's not gonna do that. China's been on the offensive. They've been blaming the US for this. They actually blamed one of our research labs. So they're full in communist propaganda. And unfortunately, to your point, we don't have the leadership in the Biden administration to press China for the truth. And it's interesting because you know the whole time while all of America and all of the American scientific body should have been pointing fingers at the Wuhan lab. Instead, they were pointing fingers at Donald Trump, who was simply trying to help, um, you know, prioritize therapeutics. Remember, um, with the different things that were coming out, I remember when all of a sudden, because because he mentioned one possibility of a drug, then all of a sudden you couldn't get that drug anywhere. Hap any, anywhere. It happened to be right when I got COVID that you couldn't get hydroxychloroquine. Remember that. Um, and, and those kinds of things. And God knows, we lost untold amounts of lives. Uh, you know, and, and we were all the while listening to Fauci and his antics and their fake science and not pointing fingers where they really belonged and not looking for cures where they really were. Tom, the Wall Street Journal posted a story on the origins of COVID-19. Apparently, there were some very sick people on the staff, as you alluded, at the Wuhan Virology Lab before anyone else in the world got COVID. Now, we're just learning about all this, but it was probably just the flu, right, Tom? I guess that's what the media is going to cover that with. 
Well, certainly. They're, they're certainly going to cover up. But I think the most interesting point about this, if you go back to uh, when President Trump was in the White House, when he mentioned he thought that the, the virus could have been from the Wuhan lab, the media attacked him. Of course, they had their agenda, the anti-Trump agenda. They had a self-fulfilling prophecy with that. It's the agenda-driven news. We also had social media silencing anyone who talked about the possibility that the virus could have come from the lab. But I think what's most interesting about all this is the scientists also circled the wagon around Fauci and around the Wuhan lab. They first came out with this whole idea. Anyone who says that it came from the lab, it was a conspiracy theory. So then you had yeah. the media and the media had scientists to quote. Now all this is now beginning to change. And I think one of the reasons why the scientists circled the wagon, just my thought here, is the fact that Fauci, as we know, and Francis Collins from NIH, they funded in part the Wuhan lab. So it's possible that Fauci, who's supposed to be stopping pandemics, could be possibly uh, related to or causing this pandemic. Now talk about a horrendous outcome. So th I think there was a lot of self-protection here, and we know the scientists get billions of dollars from NIH. Who's going to stick their hand up and say it was Fauci's fault? You're never going to get any grant money. So I think there was a big protection racket going on. Hopefully we'll get to the bottom of this. I think we need to get a lot of documents from Fauci. I think we need to get a lot of documents from the EcoHealth Alliance. They were the organization who got the original uh, lab grant and then they doled it out to China, kind of like laundering the money. That's what happened. I think we still can do a lot of investigation with those key players. This is just stuff I don't hear any place else, Tom. It's amazing um, that we're not really getting to the bottom of this. So we're not really investigating this. Tom, before I let you go, there's one other amazing scientist I want to ask you about to add to uh, Fauci and the rest of the lot of them. Uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer from Michigan. She's been telling everyone to follow the science and stay locked down and social distance and double masked and all the rest of it. She destroyed the entire economy of her state and she keeps getting busted being a hypocrite. She went out for pizza, didn't follow her own guidelines, rules for thee and not for me, but this is what we're used to from those who follow lockstep with the elite in general, right, Tom? Well, that's very true. Uh, you know, governors in this whole COVID crisis really proved their worth, or really unworth, if you happen to be a Democrat governor, whether you're gov uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo or Governor Whitmer, to your point. I mean, don't forget, Whitmer told everybody in her state, don't fly to Florida, yet she somehow got a private jet from wealthy individuals to fly to Florida. I think at the point she wasn't even vaccinated. So again, it's rules for thee and not me. As you said, the Democrats really run an elite enterprise. They think they can get away with anything. But I'm so glad we're covering this to expose not only their failed policies, but their huge hypocrisy. Huge hypocrisy, psychoscience, and we'll keep following the real science. Dr. Tom Borelli, we always appreciate your wisdom and insight on all this. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Coming up, what would you do if someone were kicking down your door? Would you call the police? Would you grab your gun? Well, up next, we have a story about a shooting that doesn't fit the narrative of the left. Our good guy with a gun segment is next, and you do not want to miss this. Stay with us.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for our Good Guy with a Gun segment. And today's story isn't actually about a guy. We don't get upset about things like that on this show because we figure saving a life actually means more than a gender. Since you have a 50-50 chance of being born one or the other, a Florida woman acted in self-defense, shot a man who broke into her home, bad guy, armed with a knife, and thankfully, the woman didn't wait to call 911 since we've been defunding all our police anyway. The very frightening surveillance video shows the man beating on the door and the windows and then kicking in the door. The woman had filed a restraining order against him, but sometimes you just need more than a court order to stop a bad guy. And that's why we have equalizers. Here with me now, those things are called guns. Here with me now to discuss a Florida woman who also knows how to defend herself. She is also a Florida congressional candidate and a great deal of fun on this show, Anna Paulina Luna. Thank you so much for being our good guy today for our good guy with a gun segment. We're glad to have you. Absolutely. That footage is so scary. I could not imagine what she was going through. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, you know, there was one night where uh, we had a guy literally trying to get in a window of my house and uh, that changed a lot of things for me there have been other times in my life too where I've needed an equalizer but that's one of them where you know it it, it reconsecrates in my head um, yes I want my police well funded <laughs> but they're not going to do anything at that point because they're a good five minutes away and um, at that point you just really do want to have a gun but watching that surveillance video as you point out makes us all wonder, what are you going to do in that situation? Because it is a good thing this woman was armed. It was likely she would have been the one killed in this situation instead of her attacker um, had she had no other way to defend herself, right? Absolutely. I I think I might have mentioned this previously, but when I was stationed at Whiteman Air Force Base in Missouri, I had someone that actually broke into my home while I was sleeping. And unfortunately, this person was stalking my, both my roommate and myself. And so we had recognized some things being off around the house. For example, the back door was, would be unlocked. And um, ultimately, I had someone there with me that was able to chase him out. But I can only imagine that ultimately, you know, women are biologically created differently, meaning that we might not be able to really fight a guy head to head when it comes down to a physical altercation. So firearms are the best thing that you can do to really defend yourself. And having really been in that situation, I really do empathize with her. And I'm glad that she was able to defend herself and her home. Yeah, I I feel lucky to be living in the state of Florida, like so many of us do. Fewer gun restrictions for law-abiding citizens means that we women can defend ourselves because sometimes calling 911 won't save you in an emergency situation like yours, uh, like situations I've been in where seconds actually do matter. I will never forget the very first time I vacationed in Florida with my family, walking into a restaurant. I wish I knew what restaurant this is, Anna Polina, because I don't, I don't recall what you know tourist <laughs> mecca we were in at that time, you know, because we were here on vacation. But we walked into this restaurant, and it said something along the lines. There's a sign when we walked in. It said something along the lines of, "We hope you brought your 
carry, uh, you know, feel free to carry your weapon <laughs> into our restaurant today. And I, I had to read it like three times over just to make sure I wasn't hallucinating <laughs> or something. But um, folks in Florida recognize that, you know, if you have a restaurant and you don't want to be a restaurant where a bad guy with, with a gun comes in and does something bad, um, you want your patrons in that restaurant to be armed. A hundred percent. You know, it's interesting. I have that same perspective also too, in regards to school campuses. When I was in college, there was a rape that had actually occurred at the university of West Florida. And that's a university that says that even if you have your concealed carry, that they are are quote unquote gun free zone. And it's interesting because during my 2020 election cycle, I actually made that as part of my platform that you should be able to concealed carry, conceal carry even on these places that say that it's supposed to be a gun free zone. And interestingly enough, you know, the Democrat that I was running against said that I was a gun nut and that I apparently wanted to bring guns to schools, which is obviously taking what I said out of context. But, you know, again, when you disarm the American people, you're really only enabling bad guys with guns, which they will find a way to get guns, even if we outlaw them altogether. Um, and so it's just not a good idea. Really empower people, empower them to protect themselves. And you'll find that in places that do have responsible gun laws, like in Florida, that you actually have lower instances of violent crimes. And check out the stats of Chicago if you want to debate that. <laughs> Absolutely true. And I, you know, to follow up on your story, I just have to say this because it's so reminiscent. Gun-free zones are the most dangerous places in the entire country. I went to St. Louis University when I was there. There were three women raped in my building or outside of my building. Um, it was in a downtown area, not in the best of areas um, in some ways. And, uh, and it, but it was a gun-free zone, as you can imagine. So every single person going to grad school at night, which is when I went to grad school, uh, contrary to what Wikipedia will tell you, they think I mail-ordered <laughs> my, um, my, my, my degrees, but I didn't. They can take that up with my leftist university, St. Louis University. But anyway, um, there were three women raped, and I left there, and I fought it while I was there, but there was nothing I could do. I was one of probably 20 conservatives at the time on the campus. After I left, um, there was a young girl who was raped by a majority of a, an entire team of, of players for that school and it was horrific what happened to this girl and um, and you know it just th this is the kind of thing that happens in gun-free zones when you tell convicts there are a gun-free zone is is there then it tells the the convict guess what if I'm a criminal I can go in there with a gun and I know pretty pretty assuredly it's going to be a safe place for me to commit the crime on an innocent victim. The left would like to defund the police and disarm citizens through gun control. Anna Polina, as you know, both of these are really bad ideas by themselves, but together, and I guess that's what strikes me about this video in particular, together, we are just setting ourselves up for more and more crime. And, and I mean this in, in, in the most profound way I know how to say it, the people making these laws are not the people who are going to be affected by this. Nancy Pelosi has 24-hour security around her. They are armed. Uh, so does Chuck Schumer. Frankly, so does most of Congress, right? It's the people like this woman uh, in this video that you can't see who's being preyed upon by this guy. If she doesn't have access to a gun and she can't get the police there, she is a dead-sitting 
stuck, Anna Paulina. Those yeah. are the women who are going to die, and men. And by the way, I'm sure you heard the horrific story of the baby in his car seat shot this weekend um, through the trunk of his car. Most horrific story I've heard in a long, long time. And of course, it's getting very little media play. Um, but it's just one of the saddest things ever. But these are the kind of people that are going to be killed when criminals have good guns, law-abiding citizens don't have guns because they pass more of their stupid gun legislation <laughs> and they take away our cops. You're right. These people don't uh, speak from a place of experience. A lot of these people are really disconnected from your average American. And again, I point this out. It's interesting that these Democrats, especially the very far left ones, will say that they need to protect minorities by defunding law enforcement, to protect minorities by putting forward gun control. When in actuality, you go into some of these lower income areas. I have done cop ride-alongs. It's honestly very scary what these police officers have to deal with. And it's those minorities that are in those areas that are not so good that are calling law enforcement in order to handle situations kind of like what you're witnessing in that video that you just played. So it is extremely damaging to minorities, not just in the East Coast or the West Coast, but across the entire United States. And then it's always interesting how these politicians try to pass this legislation, try to get people angry to go to the polls to vote, and yet they actually don't fix these issues, I think, at the core, because if they did, we'd probably put Congress and Senate out of a job. <laughs> Well, here's what we're dealing with. Here's a little taste of it. I, I want to play this for you. Over the weekend on MSNBC, host named Tiffany Cross went on one of her anti-police rants. I want to show a little bit to you. Watch. And I just wonder, um, this is clearly not a system that can be reformed. And I just, what can we do to stop this? Because it feels like uh, it's just time to, to, to burn it down, you know? <laughs> Burn it down. Burn it down, she says, but she wasn't done. There's more. Here we go. I am so ready for this fight. I am so ready for this fight because I don't want to see another person go through that. How do we organize ourselves out of this quagmire? They're attacking our voting rights. They're attacking our lives and livelihoods. They're killing us if they're not over-criminalizing us and putting us in jail. As a longtime organizer, what is it that we do? Because I have to say, as a people, for my people, I am up for the most radical of things to make sure that we live. Wow. Sounds to me like she's inciting violence. How does that sound to you? It sounds to me that she's also not educated on the facts. Currently in the United States, it's actually more white Americans that are killed than um, unarmed, black, unarmed black Americans when it comes to law enforcement incidences. Also, too, it's really interesting that there's a constant focus on this race divide in this country. You have prominent conservatives, even in Congress, like Byron Donald, Burgess Owens, and then also activists on the back end, like Kim Klasick and Candace Owens, who will address this issue constantly. But again, it makes it like that, you know, the United States, from their perspective, they think that we are one of the most racist countries in the world when in actuality it's the opposite not just diversity of idea but diversity of skin color as well so I completely don't agree I think she's uninformed and I think that this is why she has a job because she's gonna put out whatever the producers tell her to say instead of the truth you wonder how long they're gonna let it go before they realize um, the damage they're doing to the very communities they they purport to help and um, and how many more babies will have to die and how many more women will have to die um, before they, you know, just stop their ridiculous rhetoric? But Anna Polina Luna, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you putting yourself out there um, to run again and, um, and boldly so. Thank you. Thank you. 
Coming up, we have some news you didn't know with Jessica Rivera. You're never going to want to miss what she reports because you won't hear it anyplace else. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, it's time for some news you didn't know. And here to help, as always, from our RAV TV headquarters in Denver, Colorado, Jessica Rivera. Jessica, great to see you. Good to see you too, Dr. Gina. And with the nation on its way to trying to fully reopen for business, currently there are still 3.6 million people on extended unemployment benefits, which has led to a major labor shortage, which we've talked about. To combat the shortage, 22 Republican-led states like Arizona, Montana, New Hampshire, and Oklahoma are instead pulling out of federal unemployment programs before the September 6th end date. The red states have chosen to instead incentivize unemployed workers to get a job by paying out what is known as a return to work bonus. It's a one-time bonus that ranges from $500 to $2,000. Someone can receive the bonus if they accept a job and forego unemployment benefits. But some experts are saying they don't see this pushing too many Americans back to work. On the other hand, the reality remains come June 12th, a lot sooner than September, many on unemployment will lose at least $300 a week, and those who are self-employed and on unemployment or long-term unemployment, um, they will actually lose all their federal unemployment benefits altogether. So Dr. Gina, as of now, many red states are choosing to use federal money instead to get people back to work uh, instead of what we have been doing, which is using government money to encourage people to stay home and not work. Wow. Well, that is interesting and news that I didn't know, <laughs> which I guess is why we call it this. We call this segment exactly what we do call it. But that's great news. I'd love to hear that. And I didn't know anything about it. So thank you so much, Jessica. You're welcome, Dr. Gina. <laughs> All right. Now, up in New York City, crime is becoming a big, big problem for many of the reasons we've already discussed on this show. And the mayor there, Bill de Blasio, says it's not his fault. It's the Supreme Court's fault. Watch. I mean, we have come so far to try and keep guns out of the hands of New Yorkers, particularly young people. And the Supreme Court, it looks like they're working overtime to put guns right back in those hands. That, that really, really worries me. And over at Town Hall, there's a great opinion piece by New York City radio talk show host Kevin McCullough all about de Blasio and his ridiculous comments and even more ridiculous policies that cause New Yorkers to be far less safe. And Kevin McCullough just happens to be with us right now. Kevin, great to see you. Great column. Kevin, Thanks. your mayor is looking for basically anyone to blame but himself for the crime surge in New York City, isn't he? But when you give that lethal dose of uh, cutting cops and taking guns and uh, all the rest of the things that they've done there, I, I just don't know what they expect. Well, let's be clear. They uh, had a, a stellar, globally recognized as the number one anti-crime unit in the universe that was about 600 uh, uh, plainclothes officers that would penetrate gangs and 
drug rings and organized crime and they'd go undercover and they they do long assignments but they would they the busts that they would make on on criminal activity were huge somewhere around the time that uh, a police officer in another city sat on someone's neck for 10 minutes uh, the mayor somehow thought that he was supposed to uh, suddenly fire all those guys reassign them break up the unit altogether so then uh, what happened was very naturally understood new yorkers said well if no one else is going to be there to protect me, I'm going to need to go protect myself. So they went out and started buying guns. Well, they can't carry them. They can't use them. And so there's this case from New York that's up in, the, in front of the Supreme Court. And he's very worried about it because, as you heard him say in that soundbite, he said, I've worked hard to get guns out of the hands of New Yorkers. Now, he didn't use an adjective like criminal New Yorkers or right. drug New Yorkers or anything else. He just said New Yorkers. And the last I checked, yeah. New York's part of the United States. The Constitution says we can carry them. So I doubled down this weekend. I had one in each hand. I was going out to the range. I was going to make sure I was prepared. Because here's the thing, Dr. Gina, if you're not going to do your first and primary responsibility as a civil leader, which is to protect the people you serve, then you should, then, then they can't count on you and they can't believe anything you have to say. So they literally have to take their protection into their own hands. And hopefully the Supreme Court will agree soon. Is really uh, creating a monster here. New York City has a crime problem. We all know this, but now it has, and, and this isn't actually only if you believe anything. that murders being up three hundred percent from the year before is a problem. Come on, Dr. Gina, what's your deal? Well, but the manifestation of so many of the problems that you and I have been talking about together for years, um, one that has now come to fruition, which is terrifying, is an anti-Semitism problem. Reports coming out from all over the city and some horrific attacks have happened there against the Jewish population. Uh, Kevin, this is coming home to roost in some really scary ways. And not just in New York. You saw anti-Semitic attacks in Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Chicago, lots of big cities over the weekend. And no one in the Democratic Party is standing up to the brutal, terrorist-sympathizing thugs that are advocating all of this violence. It is really a shame to see. But here's the great thing about our Constitution. The founders said we have the right to protect ourselves. And I think that very soon the Supreme Court is going to find that they were right in seeing that through. All right. Well, Kevin, we're going to lighten it up a little bit because we try to do that toward the end of every show every day. And it is time for our meme of the day. Hit it, guys. So here we have a collage with various pictures of very dedicated sheeple and their coronavirus vaccine tattoos and the words over it stating, I don't want people to think I am a Republican. Take it away, Kevin. Well, I saw the actual uh, COVID vaccination card over the weekend, and I showed it to my wife, and I said, hey, my lovely bride, what, what do you think, like, right here? And she just scowled at me. <laughs> so, you know, I, see, they get tattoos showing how, you know, COVID, you know, conscious they are and woke. I, I just want to start carrying this, like, right here. Like, that's where I want to carry it, and I just want to walk yeah. around and show people that I'm going to be able to. That would be how people would know that whether I was a Republican or whatever, I'm, I'm, I mean business. I think that's I think that's a great idea. Let's let's go for that. If they can carry their cards, with my red, or white, blue shirt. We should... 
It, there you go. And, you know, <laughs> some people wear their MAGA hats, some people, yeah, exactly. I think it's perfect. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Well, listen, I hope that the weather stays as nice in New York this weekend as I've heard from all of my New York guests. Every New York guest I had today commented on the break how beautiful the New York weather was. So I hope it stays that nice. Uh, you guys deserve a little Floridian weather there. So, And um, I'm glad that you joined us tonight. Thank you. Thank you much. We'll see you after Memorial Day weekend. That's right. All right. And uh, thanks to all of you for joining me. Don't forget to check out my podcast at justthenews.com. Click on podcast. Scroll down to my picture. You'll find it right there. Thanks to everyone at your new home for Real News, Real America's Voice. Ben Carson on the show tomorrow. Can't wait to get his opinion on some of the antics Fauci is pulling. Live from Studio 6, be up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children. Love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth.